Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk about the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts, Brian, and with me, as always, Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hello. Hi. We have a wonderful episode for you all today. And as always, we will start with a quick question from me. which has nothing to do with comics like always (laughs) um the question this week uh so um i put down an order for the uh that little the little handheld um video game called the uh play date in august of 2021 and i am now within the window of getting the uh the play date finally and uh as we're recording this, um, it's either going to come in April, May, or June. So until uh, you get the next email saying it's pushed back, <laughs> until it's, it's pushed back. So my question for you all is not including like um, crowdfunding or kickstarters. What's the longest you've had to wait for a product after paying for it? Do you? Oh, hmm. I, I mean, like a year ago, I had these. Uh... Hasbro Pulse uh, Ghostbusters uh, Proton Packs that like, mm. I pre-ordered and it took like about a year and maybe like 13 months from when you pre-ordered to when you got it. Oh, wow. That's a long time. That is a long time. Mm. Did yeah. you kind of forget that you ordered them and then like... like a little oh. bit. <laughs> Question for you. Do do trips count? I would say, yeah, well, well, yeah anything counts. Well, I mean... Yeah, we've waited almost like a year for a vacation. Yeah. Like a cruise. But like, I will say, oh, you know what? That fucking stupid purse I wanted from Hot Topic. Oh, yeah. It had, the, all, it had all the classic monsters on it, like Dracula, the Wolfman. It was really fucking yeah. cool. And like, it was a universal monsters bag. And then we pre-ordered it. And it was supposed to come like last year in March got pushed back to may got pushed back again got pushed back again until finally i canceled it because i was like it's cool and i want it and at this point it's not worth it anymore it was like january of this year when we finally canceled it yeah because it was still getting yeah and as far as and i've been kind of keeping up checking on it and see you know just just out of curiosity and still no it's still on back order they must have uh lost a license or something i don't know That's no question. no no yeah i'm just yeah. wondering it must be a supplier issue yeah or maybe there wasn't a much of a demand so they're just kind of keep on putting it back who knows yeah who, um who knows? yeah but uh yeah that's that's pretty crazy um yeah hopefully i'll get my uh my play date soon i'm very excited check out those weekly games and that little crank on the side oh my god and i'm trying to figure oh. out what stickers i'm going to put on the cover so We'll see. Okay. All right. Fingers crossed that it gets there. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Crossed. I'm not. I'm definitely not counting my play dates before they hatch. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, we do have a great episode. Like I said, Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. First, the sad news. Um, we we have, you know, we were just uh, informed this week that uh, Al Jaffe, um, mostly known for Bad Magazine, he's passed away. Uh, he died at uh, 102 years old. A couple weeks. He just celebrated. Good run though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. His 102nd birthday was about a couple of weeks ago, right before he passed away. Um, but um, but yeah, he, he's he led a pretty prolific career, uh, much kind of like the uh, 
you know, re- reading his his obituary and reading his uh, the articles about him, they they very much like seem to coincide with like the Jack Kirby story that we read a, a few um, episodes ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like time at timely and like you know working with EC and everything. So um, and like so, I found that very interesting as well as um, you know if if you're wondering kind of what one of his biggest contributions were to like comics and everything. Um, he you know he worked for for mad magazine he literally started mad magazine the 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 issue before they had to turn into a magazine because they were no longer allowed to uh publish what they were publishing as a comic so they had to become a magazine in order to get around the uh, censorship laws that's funny and um that's why it's Mad magazine not 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 tales to drive you mad as it was originally called and um and so um yeah, he kind of helped bring that in. Uh, he was also kind of working on his own projects at the time, but his big contribution to Mad Magazine was the uh, the fold-in in, in the back that he did that for for decades. Um, he started it and and kept it going, and that is a staple of of that magazine. And and one of the like the best things about it too, like you know, every time I would read a Mad Magazine, that's like one of the first things I would do. I would go to the back and check out the folder and see what, what it is. You know, since I was like seven or eight years old, I would only get the joke maybe like 20% of the time. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It was pretty cool. You know, like seeing one or turn into another picture. So, yeah, it was pretty, yeah. So, yeah, very sad. Um, But, you know, oh, definitely a lot of innings. Um, He actually ha- holds the... uh Guinness World Record for the longest working cartoonist That's since he started in the 40s and he didn't retire until 2020. I have to That's ask bananas. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Mm-hmm. I have to ask a question though, yes. and it's kind of weird. Don't you think somebody at that age though is just ready to fucking die? You know, I mean, his wife passed away two years prior in 2020. Aww. So I mean, I imagine that he was probably ready to go. You know, he 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 survived by his kids. Um but you know, I can just imagine, you know, 102 years old, you know, who knows? You know, like at some point, like everyone that you knew, like you kicked it with is just yeah. out of yeah. the game. They've been yeah. gone for a while. And like, yeah, you gotta be looking around, like, what am I still doing here? Like you're the last person at the party, the lights are yeah. turning on, and you're like, Yo, what what is this? Yeah. We have a, a personal family friend who's 102, and he was just put on hospice. And my you know, my father's like besides himself because of the timing of it. Right. But I'm like, I tell him and I'm like, oh, but he must be so fucking happy he's on his way out. Yeah. Like he has been asking to die for that verbally that we've known for like the last five years. Oh my but, God. Yeah, he's been wanting to go. So he wasn't in the best health or he, he's... he wasn't in the best health. And so and his wife, two of his kids. Yeah. All of his friends, all of his siblings, all of the parents, like ev- like you said, like everyone has passed away. Yeah. And so he was just like ready to peace out a long ass time ago. So, yeah. I mean, at some point you've got to, I know it's, I know that's a weird thing to say, but at some point you would just like be like, okay, what, when's my turn? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this has been fun, but like, now just, it's just going on enough. a bit too long. Yeah. So that was my rest in power, you know, he's. Yeah, definitely a legend, Jaffe. Yeah, absolutely. What a legacy, though. My God. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, on to more brighter news. Uh, We got our uh, DIY corners this week, just like last episode. 
Um, I am challenging myself to go as fast as possible because I have two of them. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on them, um, but I want to give them an, enough uh, time and honor that they deserve. And I'm going to be lenient, even though we did a minute per, I'm going to still give Brian his three minutes, <laughs> Okay. Uh, even though it's just two. So okay. when you're ready to go, I'll okay. press the timer. All right. I am ready. Okay. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Okay. Christabel, uh, Volume 1 is a new 72-page full-color graphic novel written by Ringo Award-nominated writer Erica Schultz, who did Moon Knight, and interior artist uh, Amagoya Giri uh, from I Am Hexed, cover artist uh, Natasha Alcheretti from um, Heathen, uh, Fabian Lay, Le- 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 oh my gosh, Lee Lay from Speed Republic, Skyler Patrice from Resonant, and Allison Sampson from Sleeping Beauties, and letterer Cardinal Ray Eat the Rich, and editor James B. Emmett from Mad Cave Studios. Uh, in 1797, Samuel Taylor Coleridge published the first part of his five-part epic poem titled Christabel in 1800. The second part was published, but Coleridge never finished the story. So we took our turn at it, adapting and expanding on the story of Knights and Sorcery. Coleridge started more than two centuries ago. So it's pretty cool. You know, like uh, Erica Schultz, uh, she also did the Deadly's Bouquet. Cool. It's, um, it's seems like a pretty good, um, a pretty good creative team as well as you know kind of a, an awesome premise that you're continuing a five-part epic poem you know so very cool very nice all right oh. on to the, to the next one here uh it is our faceless fears number one through three um our faceless fears is a spooky comic series filled with strange and twisted phantoms readers meet our young heroine briar rose thornton heir to the thornton line but not yet privy to its secrets we follow her down dark and strange paths as she walks the line between the living and the dead so um this is uh done by uh someone i've already have done a a Kickstarter with uh, for a for a series called Lamp Black that was pretty good. Um, they're the, both the uh, the writer and the artist of this series. Uh, this is a it, it looks really good. It has a very much a kind of a manga feel to it. Cool. Um, but um, mm. but yeah, like you know, there there's definitely some um, some really cool elements going on here. And if you don't like spiders, uh, you might not want to look at the the uh, the title cover. Of the Kickstarter because it has a very spidery cover. You don't like spiders. So oh that's fucking cool. But that's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can see spiders on a screen and I'm fine with them. In real life, no. Okay. Um it's we'll, very manga-esque in style. It looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty cool. And Lamp Black was a lot of fun, so it's a big recommend. Um I um I will have all these notes in the uh as always in our show notes including the links and then we'll have them as our stories on instagram uh in case you are interested so definitely check them out nicely done all right cool so yep all right um also just so you know um our faceless fears has just reached its goal uh christabel is still a little bit behind with about 15 days to go at the time of this recording uh they're about almost seven thousand dollars out of ten thousand dollars so nice yeah any, any contributions you can make would be greatly appreciated i'm sure okay we're gonna go ahead then and go to our next segment of our show which is the spotlights where we talk about our re- personal recommendations of comics that we've read recently um i will go first since the main subject is mine so um i will and i have 
Indigo Children, number one, by Kurt Pierce, Rockwell White, Al- Alex D. Otto, D. Cunniff, and Hassan Asmane Elahu, or El Elhau. I always mess up that. And I always say it in my head correctly, and then I say it <laughs> wrong. Out, so I do apologize. Um, it's from Image. Um, now, uh, I've never heard of the Indigo Children before I read this book, but apparently it's a big conspiracy theory about these, but basically children born here on Earth, but they come from um, like alien uh, past, like past lives, and cool. they have special powers. Cool. And so the story is about the Indigo Children and about a reporter who was investigating them, um, got, kind of got a random. Um, video in the mail from somebody and was told to like investigate this and they're they're going down this path and it leads them to russia um to look for a kid um that was on this video that seems to be having that seems to have these special powers uh you get a few like flashbacks as well as of, of the kid on an airplane being able to read the mind of a of a terrorist before they're able to uh to ignite a bomb um, basically saving the lives of everyone. That's how how they become like on the radar of um, of the the KGB and the and the Russian government. Interesting. Um, also, um, the the story ends going to a town that is not a town is what they call it. it basically, it's a city that was created by the KGB um, to monitor by people who are not um, who are not able to be out in uh the real in the real world for whatever reason according to the russian government Mm -hmm. and so basically half the citizens are like people of interest and the other half of the citizens are literal like spies and kgb agents oh wow and like police officers and stuff so it it, it, yeah so that's where the story ends i'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it because there's a lot of cool like fun reveals in the first issue uh it's an extra long first issue as well so it's uh definitely worth the uh the, the money to check out um the artwork you know it and the coloring depending on if it's a it you know depending on if it's like a flashback or if it's like a memory or something like that the the coloring changes the style of, of art changes as well so yeah it's a lot a lot of effort has gone into this book you can tell and it's it's pretty cool awesome so Definitely a mystery to be had with <laughs> weird psychic children. <laughs> so, cool. all right. So I asked my, uh, my recommendation for the week. Uh, all right. Um, now it's time for Richard. What do you have for us? This week, I uh, took a look at uh, Art Group Number 1 by uh, the uh, same team that brings us uh, Ice Cream Man, W. Maxwell Prince, Martin Morazzo, Matt Lopez, um, and uh, letters by uh, Good Old Neon. <laughs> uh, so this book opens up with uh, we're at the Louvre and someone's uh, conducting a tour and they're going to go to the Mona Lisa and when they get to the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa is winking <laughs> and you know they demand that they need the art group and so what we see is the director of like uh, the, the Louvre like uh, division is going to a uh, institution to find this dude named Arthur Brute who's institutionalized He's a dream painter, though, so, like, he could do, like, weird trippy genes, but his main power seems to be that, like, he could jump into a painting, and he's, like, in the painting's world, cool. but, like, all over the world, people are doing little sketches of a face winking, and then when those sketches are found, like, there's death, there's, like, you know, shootings, there's mass genocide, there's, like, you know, some people, they put them in a hot tub of bronze and bronze them to death. 
Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. So they need art to, like, figure this out. And he has, like, Manny the Mannequin, who was, like, you know, if you ever go to a page, sort of little uh, mannequins that they have to, uh, I well, guess, to, like, st- style things on. Like the forms, kind of like. Yeah, right? to do the forms, exactly. Yeah, cool. So, and that's supposedly his sidekick. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so the, the director, this is her first time dealing with Arthur, so she kind of feels like he's full of, you know, shit. <laughs> a little bit, but she's you know she has to kind of roll with it because he's the guy. So when they go to check out the Mona Lisa, there's a a group of terrorists that come through. Uh, the leader kind of looks like a uh, Andy Warhol, so we'll see where go where that goes. Fun. But they start shooting up everybody that's there, and then Art has to jump into the Mona Lisa with the d- director, where she meets Manny Morrington Wood, the uh, mannequin, because in this like uh, world of the painting, he's like a real thing, and he really does help art out but when they get there they find that Mona Lisa's dead oh no (laughs) that's awesome that sounds cool (laughs) yeah so yeah this book is really trippy there's even a backup story that's like drawn to like a more like a a 60s fashion of art and uh Manny uh they figure out the theft of you know the uh painting of the girl with the pearl earring Mm -hmm. yes the earring gets stolen. They jump into the painting, and there's a bunch of uh, oysters there, and they're trying to steal the pearl back. So he draws a, a shucking knife, and they shuck the oysters to death and get her back her pearl. And that's like the classic version of his uh, of a straightforward like Silver Age version of art route. Oh wow, that's awesome! <laughs> that's so- yeah, no, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah. I mean, I I expect no less from the creators of uh, Ice Cream Man, but um, I I yeah, I, I've not picked this up yet, and this sounds like something that's totally up my alley. Like this sounds pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, so yeah, no, it seems really fun. I can't wait to read the catch up on the next few issues. Yeah, I'm Very gonna cool. have to get that volume when it comes out. Yeah, that that sounds like a must read for me. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why I didn't pick it up in the first place, but yeah, I'm glad that you did, and that it sounds awesome. So I'm gonna definitely check it out. I think it's that time then, right? If we're we're moving all along pretty fast, actually, this episode. Um, but we're uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into our main subject, our main course, if you will, which is Gender Queer by a memoir by Maya Kobabe and Phoebe Kobabe uh, from Oni Press. Um, yeah, you've probably heard of this book because a lot of people have been putting this in the news for all the wrong reasons. Um, but which uh, this was my choice, and uh, the reason why I chose it was one because it is you know for no reason being banned, um, just for stupid political reasons. Uh, and um, I went to we well, Carrie and I went to WonderCon. A couple weeks ago, and I went to the uh, comic book legal defense fund panel, and they were talking about this book. You know, they were talking about gender queer before, and I, I've read it before, before I went to the uh, to WonderCon. Even like I, I think I read it in two thousand during the pandemic. Actually, yeah, I I did a whole month of um of of graphic novels catch up, and this was one of the first ones I read during that month, and I was um but. But yeah, they, they were talking about you know the the different libraries and school districts that were that were uh, trying to get this book banned, and they and they brought up a very good point, and it actually made me very happy because I think this is one of the things that we do on our podcast is the more you talk about a book, if it's being 
if it's being banned, if you if you educate people about what the book is really about and that it's not what people who are trying to ban it are saying it is, that is like the best way to prevent a book from getting banned. And so I was like, well, why haven't we done gender queer yet? <laughs> because like this is a book mm-hmm. that, that's important. And like, and I loved it when I read it the first time. And you know, I mean, spoiler alert, but I loved it the second time I read it this time. And so, um, and and it's, yeah, um, you know, I I feel like you know, as as a podcast, you know, like no matter how big or small our audience is, it's you know, it's kind of our job to talk about books like this because you know it, they're important. And there are books that should not be, in you know, in my opinion, you know, banned or or taken away from the re- reading audience. So, absolutely. So yeah, so that's why I chose the book, definitely. Okay, and also just really quick before I begin a synopsis, I wanted to uh, just say real quick um, that we here at Comics Are Better absolutely respect the pronouns that people pick. And we do our best to use them. Um, sometimes, you know, we might slip up, but that is not, you know, a sign of disrespect at all. Yeah. It is, you know, we 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 are trying our, our best and we will do better if we do mess up. And we just wanted to say that out front. Um, so, um, all right, now time for our synopsis. I'm actually going to go ahead and just read the synopsis from the back of the book because they summarize it pretty well there. Um Maya's intensely cathartic autobiography charts her journey of self-identity, which includes the mortification and confusion of adolescent crushes, grappling with how to come out to family and society, bonding with friends over erotic gay fanfiction, and facing the trauma of pap smears. Started started as a way to explain her family that it means to be non-binary and asexual genderqueer is more than a personal story it is useful and touching guide on gender identity what it means and how it how to think about it for advocates friends and humans everywhere definitely puts it in a very nice package there so you know i mean it's a good autobiography so why don't we go ahead and get into the discussion about it sure so first of all what did you guys think about it I loved it. Yeah, no, it's very, very good. It yeah. is so yeah. touching. It's it's a pretty amazing story, and as a and even just as a story, as it's written, it's it's a good read. It's a fun read, you know, and it's it's sad, and it's happy at points as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. and um, it's frustrating, and it, there's lots of yeah. um, he really like hits all the nails on the head, you know, like all the points. Yeah of of writing it's in there and I think one of the great things about the book is that I think so many people can get something of value from it besides it just being an enjoyable read I thought that um you know one of the like universal parts of it was the old tinder swipe Mm-hmm. you know trying to find somebody compatible and trying to like do mm-hmm. the dating thing and it's just it's funny because like um like Richard I don't I don't know how you met your significant other but like Brian and I are way before the days of like Tinder but mm-hmm. we the way we first started communicating was online so we were very much like uh, online people before we were like a couple in real life 
So I do think it's very interesting how like dating has morphed and how every human just wants to feel accepted and loved and whatever that definition of love is. It could just be like, um, Maya has a really great quote where he says like, I I don't like relationships. I don't, I don't like all the sex stuff, but like all of friendships are like 9,000 times better than a romantic partnership because you get all of the like fluffy feelings from your friends too. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. I I, I really liked that a lot in that one particular spot. Mm. Really good. Yeah. And um, reading it filled me like I could feel the anxiety, anxiety in certain portions of the book. Like it was so palpable, and just, just by his words to let for for him to look back at that experience is it's it's just it's a lot. Like I, I'm just thinking about it in our own lives, like the anxieties that we do feel. But I didn't feel anything that much anxiety about like my existence. Like I was kind of pretty sure of who I was. And just that constant trying to just figure it all out. I don't know. It's it, it seems so stressful. <laughs> yeah. Cause because I, I think there's like a um there's like almost like an instruction book, the way like society is mm-hmm. is 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 like laid out for like, you know, cisgendered people where it's like, okay, right. You're you're a boy, this is what you do, you're a girl, this is what right. you do. Right. You 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 fit you fit in a slot and then mm-hmm. so for the few of us that don't fit in like these uh ready-made slots yeah just the idea of how much of a journey it is to you know figure out first of all what works for you know um himself but also how to like communicate that with the world as well yes mm-hmm. yes absolutely and i think that's the definition of privilege like for cisgendered like heteronormative people like, yeah, there's just a couple of slots that they'll fit into. And they're perfectly happy with that because they know their mm. their societal roles. But and I but for people that don't feel like they fit into one of those slots, it's just so like you said, like anxiety inducing. And I think that's why now we're seeing people come out more and more in like their thirties, their forties, their fifties, their sixties, because now these new generations are talking more about sexuality or the lack thereof gender identity and all of these things. And just being queer in general, that now younger people have given the older people who didn't know those words existed, they're helping them find their voice. And I think that's really cool too, is now you have, people coming out saying like well actually I'm this and it's like oh that's rad because like it it is a journey of 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 like self-identity and self-expression and it's um Mm -hmm. it's just so it's I I feel a lot of emotions when I read when I read this book because I also got very very annoyed with the aunt who was like the hyper like militant like lesbian feminist and it's like yeah you want like yeah that's cool like you want that person to like be in your life because of all people you think that would be accepting of Maya you thought for sure that person and then they're like no it's just internalized misogyny and like you felt the you felt the disappointment and you felt Mm -hmm. 
you felt guessing. the second guessing. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, like you felt what Air was feeling. You're like, oh shit. You know, not not that any of it was true, but you could tell. And it was just like so many poignant parts of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, something as simple as body odor, you know, Air didn't know to wear deodorant. They kind of come from like a hippie granola vibe family which is yeah. really fucking cool and it's just like air didn't know so the fucking school had to get involved it's like well fuck you school yeah like you know just stuff like that it, I, just so many little nuanced things and i was like oh my god like i like you said like you just feel it you feel that you feel it pal like palpate through the pages yeah, that like it just makes that translation from the page to your emotions very directly, mm -hmm. and just in general, you can you don't get a lot of books that do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the everything's visualized very well in this book, um, and like the you know the pacing and kind of like you kind of you definitely get immersed in the journey as well. So it, it becomes it becomes personal for like the reader. It's you know themselves. You know, which is it's pretty cool. And then there's like cool shout outs to like Settlers of Catan and David Bowie. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. So like so stuff stuff that that you know love. And and unfortunately, you know, um there's some writers out there who've turned out to not be the best people in the world, but pieces of shit that wrote books that a lot of people identified with at young ages. Um and that you know that authors work is referenced a few times in this book but um you know i mean and i feel bad because like it was such a, a coming of age for so many people and so many people learned how to read from those books mm -hmm. and then it just turns out that the person is a cunt yeah and not in the fun australian way <laughs> <laughs> exactly not as a friend yeah <laughs> but yeah so mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i think i think we all know what our houses are in hogwarts you know what is Richard's? Yeah, Richard, what is oh. yours? Oh, I've never seen any of the Harry Potter oh, stuff. So. I I assumed and I was wrong. I apologize. So so you have you read the books? No, no, no. I I haven't oh, like I I just completely missed it. Totally get it. Because oh, we're 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 guy. of that age where it was really easy to miss it. I had a friend. No, like I no, I had friends in high school yeah. that would go to the midnight things. Like no, I I just missed it. It wasn't a conscious thing. But I've told you before. Like if I don't catch a movie in the theater, like if I just miss your phenomenon, I miss your phenomenon. There's no like I'm anti it. I'm sure I would have loved it if I was there. I just yeah. had to missed it and never made the effort to go back around. Wow. Well, that was it. a little defensive, Richard. We were <laughs> sorry, Richard. You. I'm so angry. <laughs> that sounds so Slytherin to me. No, no but I'll probably uh, <laughs> yeah, I take my Slytherin. What's up with the Harry? Oh, oh. We're, lo we're losing you. Was that my? No, can you um... hear me? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you you froze for a second there. Oh okay. Okay. No, I'll say what's the uh one that Harry's in? Gryffindor. Gryffindor, yeah. There we go. I'll be a Gryffindor. Okay. Sounds You're good. Loyal and brave. Yes. Um, there we go. Or intelligent and brave. Yeah, loyal and something is um Hufflepuff bitch. That's what I am. Yeah, and I'm I'm Ravenclaw. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I 
I have issues with Ravenclaw. So mm-hmm. to any of our Ravenclaw listeners, uh, fuck you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I uh, no, really, because I hated Cho Chang the character. Yeah. So fucking much, and she ruined Ravenclaw for me. Mm. So, and it's really funny because um, my brother and his wife are really into Harry Potter, and uh, they got their kids into it. You know, because the kids are young and they read them the books, and they their thing is they read a book they finish it and then they let the kids watch the movie so they get like oh that's cool yeah yeah it's really cool and they really enjoy it so like um and my brother reads to them every night but like my niece decided one day that she was going to be a ravenclaw and my brother was like okay if you're ravenclaw like i'm smarter than you i'm your dad like yeah you get it from me i'm ravenclaw too so then they did the official quiz and my brother got sorted into Hufflepuff and he was so bitter because our niece took it. She got sorted into Ravenclaw. And he was just <laughs> like, fuck you, little girl. <laughs> he was so mad. But Hufflepuffs, we're we're um we're a secret society. If you see another Hufflepuff that's proud to be one in public, you get really excited. Deadpool is a Hufflepuff. De- yeah. He's very <laughs> But anyways, yeah. Right. I like all these uh these uh proper nouns that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um so what, what was your if you had to pick one, what was your favorite moment from the book? Um, I don't know about favorite, but one part that I like really appreciated and uh I feel like we can all relate to just when something's obviously in front of you and uh uh, d- during uh, Air's journey, like Air had already transitioned a bit in their ju- in Air journey, but uh, E didn't understand. Like, had it considered uh, like men's briefs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of like it's years into this, like you know, kind of awakening of transitioning your style and everything. And it's like, of course, men's shirts, wearing slacks, but hadn't considered underwear. And it's just like there that happens to me at times where there's something that's like obviously right in front of me and i never tried and when you finally tried it's like it was there the whole time how yeah. was that like a blind spot yeah, yeah no like, it's, it's a really cute this? it's a really cute moment because mm-hmm. yeah it's like really comfortable and right really and- excited <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and something as simple as like underwear you know it's it's which you know. again going yeah. back to the base argument that everyone should dress how the fuck they want exactly. and if and if a, a gendered item like men's underwear or a bra or whatever makes you feel comfortable like more you you should be able to wear it yeah and vice you versa know? yeah absolutely mm-hmm. like you should just be able to wear like whatever you want exactly um personally uh this was this was not a great moment in the book on Maya's journey but like it really resonated with me was Air's um total pap smear journey. Mm-hmm. Um I think for that felt terrifying. Yeah, for yeah. I think uh I I think it's relatable. Um uh, when you're a survivor of like uh sexual assault, you go through those same types of emotions as for different reasons, but you still don't want that to feel violated like that and uh it's funny that he had kaiser permanente Mm because we have that insurance and they're a horrible insurance company 
And if you are um, AFAB, which is assigned female at birth, or you identify as a woman and you have happen to have a vagina, um, you will um, get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed into that gyno appointment until you literally have to tell them like, no, I will not do it. <laughs> you have. And I personally, I refuse a gyno, a pap smear every time I go to the doctor and I go to the doctor quite a bit, like more so probably than like your average person my age. I go to the doctor all the time. I like if I have to, but like, I always, they're like, oh, you haven't had one. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, okay. Yeah. Like uterine cancer, just kill me. Because like, if it's there, it's, <laughs> it ain't going to be found. Like it's, there's so much like psychological trauma that, and like stuff you have to unpack before I think you're able to do it. And when, uh, airs, uh, not spatula, scalp, scalp, scapula, scapula when he saw it and it was bloody mm -hmm. i like wanted to puke for yeah him you know like i just um, it's a really disturbing scene yeah, it is, it is. I was like, like it's horror it's just and then the crying in the car totally get it have yeah. totally gone through it like i understand completely and, and i felt uh, very I, I, I very much related to reading an entire book you know just to <laughs> kind of you know yeah and, and yeah. And again, for, for someone who was dys dyslexic until 11, what a beautiful thing to have reading to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was mm -hmm. also very one, like, just what, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift. Mm -hmm. And so to JK Rowling, I say, fuck you for ruining that for a lot of people. But like, um, what a gift that Harry Potter was. Yeah. to Maya at that time like how wonderful mm -hmm. exactly um I I think my favorite part was when when um a were getting into the uh in it um uh, sorry he was getting into the um into fan fictions mm -hmm. and wanted to go on a date to just know what making out was like, and I, <laughs> as someone who very much thinks analytically a lot of times, I'm like, I totally get that. Like, I'm like, I want to do this thing that normal, like you know, like people would normally do because you know they have like the urge to do it. But I'm doing it because it's science, you know. Like, I want, I want, yeah. want to learn. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really and, cute. And then my personal, like, my favorite panel slash like page of the book is when Maya. Um, shows what what a wear or what he wears yeah you know um uh -huh. with the hat and like the backpack and everything yeah, I, yeah. I, I i every time i see that i get in tears i just love yeah that. it's just it's so fun it's, it's such a it's such a, like a an explosive part of the book yes i think that's very like liberating yeah, yeah absolutely I, I think that's a great way to put it mm -hmm. very cool and also when um he writes about like the anxiety around gender mm -hmm. and it's in like that spiral yeah little yeah vignette i thought that was fucking cool because i i thought that was also very like oh this is what anxiety feels like this is what stress feels like and these are all the questions that you have and then this is what this is this is the embodiment of that uncertainty so yeah that i thought that was a really nice splash page too yeah definitely 
and I I love the whole snake thing too. Oh yeah, snakes are rad. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is sad that you know that there's people out there who feel like this is not a journey that needs to be read. No. Well, because it's and I this I'm not like saying like those people are right, but the only thing I think that can be said for something like that is because it's different from their journey mm-hmm. and they refuse to accept that journeys are different. Yeah. Um, it's why there's been 147, you know, mass shootings in the, in the country, you know, since January, it's yeah. like, there's only for a lot of, unfortunately for a lot of people who are in positions of power, there's only a couple of ways to think about things. And um, there is an idea that uh, like the queer community has like some or or the left side or whatever the fuck you want to say, like has some like satanic agenda that uh, it is going to make everybody gay and it's they're going to molest our children. And it's just like, no, if Satan's gay, then I think everyone should worship Satan because <laughs> that would be pretty fucking dope. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I mean, I just, I don't understand a lot of the, um, of the rhetoric because yeah. everyone is different and everyone's journey is different. Mm-hmm. And I think people could be whatever they want, yeah. but we all forget that the country was founded on Christian mores and it was only really made for old white farmers. Yeah. And, and, and there's just this belief that like the old ways are the good ways. And yeah. you talk to any historian, they're like, no, the old ways suck. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like we, we, we're, we're moving forward for a reason. Yeah. You know, like let's not go back to, to those other times because those were not the good old days. And, and a lot of people, like want to feel that way but yeah it's it's just nostalgia bullshit well brian it was the good old days <laughs> for them yeah they don't exactly. care that it wasn't the good old days yeah. for everyone else like yeah. they don't give a shit i can guarantee anyone who's like oh i want to go back to the 1950s when everything was great they're they're probably white and probably male okay i want women's hats yeah and dr- full-length dresses to come back in style mm-hmm. specifically because i want vintage wear for fat people and so if you make vintage wear popular now and fat sizes i could dress like that mm-hmm. that's they all i want to start the trend carrie just yeah. j- jump out there you can't find plus si- it's very well, hard to find good quality plus size vintage I wonder, wear i wonder if there's someone who was really good at at sewing clothes and, and designing um started an etsy store where their focus was making like plus size like Are you talking to me? I'm I'm just saying it in the in the ether. If someone who's listening right now is that way, then it might be good for them to try. Uh, okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what I think of. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's people that think of like the 1950s being great. Yeah, 
if they're not thinking about vintage fashion, then they're probably a racist. Exactly. And they're probably most likely. And not, and not, and not, not even realize it too, which is really sad as well. Um, um, I one of the parts I I I don't know if liked is the right word, but appreciated. Appreciated, yeah. This scene where um he is at the field trip and takes off the shirt mm-hmm. and again everyone's like oh it's like a boy you know and like freaking out about it and it's just like you, uh, it, it made me think about like things that I have said to people in my life like saying a phrase them doing something or or saying something and I'm like oh you're just like a boy you're just like a girl a lot of like the social um like contracts that we have are internalized so it it just made me kind of take a step back and realize like oh I'm an aunt and I did that a lot you know and it's like it makes you kind of embarrassed I think that you did those things because it's I I don't think for a lot of people it comes from a malicious place but I think it does come from an ignorant place Mm -hmm. because you just don't know or you're not at some points you're not willing to learn Mm -hmm. but I do I was like oh I've said like oh you're acting like a boy or that's what boys do or that's what girls do and it's just like it was like I, now I'm like who gives a fuck like I don't yeah exactly and I think that's where, where a lot of big problem lays where like where like why people are like oh you can't read this is because a lot of people don't want to admit their ignorance they don't they don't want to admit that like the way they see the world is is maybe not correct and yeah so so if if you bring in a different perspective and say hey like everything you thought about this certain subject is incorrect because it's been taught to us or been instilled on us in the incorrect ways you know that you know they, they, they're not willing to accept it and that sucks because like people who live out of those norms are also not accepted and also people who are that way and can't you know, define it because they can't read these books and they can't see the media or see things or people that are like them, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just sad, you know, it's, you know, just, it makes a lot life a lot harder for those types of people. Definitely. Um, One thing I did really like, also, I want to, you know, definitely point out in, in the book, is one of the stupidest arguments I hear about this whole the whole transgender whole gender identity thing mm-hmm. is is when when someone on the right essentially says, "Oh, it's science," you know, like that's why we believe what we believe that there's only two genders. Oh. And so the fact that in this book it goes into the study of why the science shows mm-hmm. that gender identity is not. Uh, you know x and y yeah yeah you know and like how someone can be assigned at birth one thing and not be that way mentally and 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 literally has the notes has like yeah the reference the references and and i'm like i'm like dude here we go see that's also probably another reason why people don't want children reading this is because there's proof Mm -hmm. scientific proof saying like you can be different and that was the way you were made yeah 
exactly and nothing to do with anything definitely and like shout out to like yeah touching a nerve by patricia s churchland i definitely it's yeah, referenced in this that. in this book and i, I want to read that but as well. i do have to say because my term has started like i saw all the sciencey stuff i'm like i'm gonna be reading for school like i'll just <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's perfectly surmised at the end when maya's like lady gaga was right i was born this way <laughs> yeah i'm like perfect i got the gist of the exactly. science <laughs> so yeah i mean um also uh you know mari naomi was uh it was was maya's teacher in the art school and that's someone else who i follow on instagram very cool page um there's a lot of cool la based stuff um you know especially during like covid um they were doing a bunch of like installations, especially oh. about like the uh, like the Asian American experience and everything. Nice. So yeah, so very yeah, important, very very cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, everyone in this book also is drawn so cute. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone, adorable. Yeah, yeah like I just love everybody. I want to give everyone in this book a hug, <laughs> essentially. So it's very cool and nice bright colors. Um, oh, the- yeah, and Phoebe's the sister, right? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. an excellent artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, yeah, the like just the work on the colors and everything just just pretty amazing. Um, I mean, a lot a lot of books, you know, and this is you know this is no slight towards like other indie books, especially like like queer indie books. Um, they usually just choose one color and stick to it like it's like it's white and pink or white and blue and and that works for those books but i just it's so nice to see just a breath of color in this book and just you know the entire spectrum is used which is pretty cool yeah really well done on the artwork definitely and i think it's so great that like phoebe helped out and like did Mm -hmm. this i how fucking rad is that to work on it with family to show you know even though i i did dig like the hippie vibes of the parents uh the parents were shown to have faults too yeah which i think is expected but it still stinks it still stinks when like some of your biggest supporters don't fully grasp what's going on with you especially like because there's an assumption like oh if you're kind of raised in that like environment like oh you have it easy if you're if you're not you know cisgendered because like they'll just understand because that's just the way they are it's not necessarily the truth yeah you're absolutely right and i did have i went in with that assumption i'm like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be the rest of the world yeah that hates on them but they're gonna have like the best home life yeah and when you're reading it you're like oh parents aren't always wonderful but like you know yeah Everyone needs needs time and yeah. and the ability to learn, which yeah. is why this book should be available. And the everyone. the back note, I don't know, you guys read digitally, but did you see the back the very back note? Um, after yeah, it ends, I think it was the same. Uh, Carrie Carrie read the, uh, the I read the hard the, yeah in the first uh, the first volume of it, and, we, and Richard and I read the uh, the second. Do you guys volume. have this page in the back? Yes, I believe so. The the one with the uh, the with stars the note to my parents. A note to the parents. Yes. That made me cry. Yeah, that was that was pretty pretty heavy at the end. That's pretty, but I mean that really sums the summarizes the whole story, really. Yeah, you know, and that's what always makes me mad about like in like relationships where like if a kid comes out like gay or or just you know or you know they're not straight essentially, um, and 
and then like the parents are like oh well, you're no longer my kid it's like no they, they're always you know and i've heard like the argument like oh if my kid came out trans and and they identified as a different gender than what they were assigned at birth though I, I it's like i never knew them it's like no you've always known them yeah they just didn't know how to you know say who they were yeah express themselves express themselves exactly well, well that's why you have to ban this book because if people <laughs> figure out that like oh here's someone that has a similar that had experience similar to what i'm feeling and maybe i can you know help me enunciate myself and tell this to the world they don't want that so you just <laughs> ban the book you ban the yeah. book so the children yeah. don't get the information exactly it's a it's a bad time here right now yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um all right well this is a a good time though to read this book yeah absolutely if yeah. you want absolutely if you want to support um the queer community i would suggest um by buying queer literature uh or you want to follow queer creators on instagram um little things like that just to show your support i think is important um kickstarters that fun queer projects um Mm -hmm. or you know sometimes i think it's scary and i'll use that word to be I think sometimes people get scared of uh, being like publicly in support, not because of anything against like the queer community, but I I think people sometimes don't know how to be like how they'll be perceived as an ally or fully be welcomed Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe being a queer uh, ally makes them question things about themselves. And then those are things that they're not ready to, you know, really address. So, um, but if you are comfortable and you're willing, please go to any type of protest that helps um, show that we support our, uh, our local drag Queens, go to a drag bingo, go to a drag brunch, uh, take your kids to drag story hour, just show up in any way that you can. Um, A lot of people, you know, uh, uh, as subtly as uh, buying a, protre- a protect trans kids sticker and putting it on a laptop, uh, something yeah. like that, showing people that you right. care. Um, it's really scary, I think, for a lot of people um, in the queer community right now. And there's a lot of legislation here in the, in America that's really, really awful. And um, everything Congress is doing and everything like the government is doing says the exact opposite of protecting children. So it's uh like what you said, it's not great. So yeah, no. Show up if, if you can. If it, you're comfortable and you can, please do. We just had the 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 trans day of visibility. Um it was I I believe it was March 30th. And um there was a lot of, of cool things going around um, you know, like things to support as Carrie was saying. Um, also, the uh, Trans Literature Week was around that same time, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of people were doing uh, kind of like a book marathon, um, reading like books of, about trans characters or trans like creators, um, you know, created books, and talking about them, as well as like opening up donations to like, like pro-LGBTQIA like um, donation um uh, fundraising places yeah <laughs> i've lost my ability to speak no, it's okay. um, but yeah the um also um if you want to support someone really cool and also get like a a, a good way to kind of like support if you're an ally 
um the there's an artist uh who does all the social medias uh they're a musician um and like an awesome creator in general named scott Two network um yay scott Two network they got their um they got their kind of start doing scott covers of songs and spending a lot of time and like you totally see like the love and the effort that goes into making these scott covers uh they're they they have a uh, solo album um but with the name of Jer, um, that's what they go by when they do solo stuff. Um, and that album's amazing as well. Um, but the reason why I'm mainly bringing this up now is they made a, a design for a shirt as well as like a banner that you can get. And I think you get as a sticker as well. That's uh, Ska Against Transphobia. Yes. And it's, a you know, it's a, you know, you you're helping out like queer creators you're also supporting you know if, if you if that's the way you want to do it you know like just like wearing that shirt out you know like showing that you're you know you're there for for whoever needs it yeah you know so and the more the more vocal people who are like against like transphobia or like against like you know like like this anti-queer yeah hate. or yeah. just being or anti-hate period of yeah. like of marginalized people um you know like that that voice gets louder that voice that's pro it gets gets quieter yeah which is absolutely nice. so the more you're pro it it's better yeah absolutely yeah. so let's all do what we can and i specifically say like for allies because i know we have like queer listeners and stuff and you guys don't have yeah. <laughs> the allies who have to work yeah exactly. <laughs> like you guys are good yeah we love you <laughs> yeah for sure um all right so any final thoughts about it's really book? good by it yeah, yeah especially nowadays uh, yeah i mean you vote with your dollar yeah yeah hell yeah so my final thought is that um i can't write but even if i could write i couldn't write something dishonest just an yeah. honest look at yourself like that it's uh, it's really oh. brave. Oh yeah. Maya exposes themselves like so much. Like her soul is here to see. Yeah. And and to experience. And it, that's what makes this book so touching. Especially like the intimate stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, like stuff that we're not supposed to talk about. Well, it's or like, like some people think yeah, that. Yeah, some not people think that, but I, I just think like you have to be so vulnerable mm-hmm. to share all of that and like richard said i don't yeah. know if everybody could get to a place where they're willing to share all that vulnerability publicly especially when parents and, could read it and and, and the fact right. that, so in the very beginning of the book Maya even says oh i could never do this yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. that's what maya does yeah yeah you know at the you know uh, that's what they they do you know so i mean that's yeah well awesome I'm glad we all liked the book. Please yeah. buy it. It is called Gender Queer, a memoir by Maya Kobabe, art by Phoebe Kobabe. It is a Stonewall. Colors by Phoebe Kobabe. Color, yeah. sorry. Color by Phoebe Kobabe, and it's a Stonewall honor book. Yeah. Um, on that note, we have reached the end of the show. Thank you to everyone listening to our show. Check us out on the social media towns of Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods at CDB Pod. For the book clubbers, on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram, so you too can follow along. It's my week, bitches. I'm picking a good one, so you better. Um, if you want to join in on our conversation, email us at comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com. Richard, sweet Richard, where can we find you on the internet? 
Um, I'm at TopCat360 all on my social media. The uh, NBA playoffs are about to start, so that'll be my life. It doesn't look good for my Miami Heat, so that'll make me sad. Oh. But yeah, that's what we got going on right now. <laughs> so, okay, question for you. Miami hmm. Heat, is that yes. for all of Miami? Because there's Orlando Magic, yeah, but, right? Yes. No, 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 yeah. Miami and Orlando are cities. You meant for all of Florida. Like, no, yeah, the oh, Heat are Miami. I was like, Miami no, oh, yeah, stupid, but yeah. State. I'm an idiot. Yeah, Orlando's like three and a half hours north of here. I'm a historian and I don't fucking know geography. Yeah. I just that's well, always been my bit downfall. Okay, Miami. Ooh. City. But also since you're a historian, Miami, city uh uh founded by a lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very nice. Nice. Saint Augustine in Florida, the oldest city in in the country. In the country. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Big bad Found Brian. Youth is supposed to be somewhere in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm at Brygen underscore CB and Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Um, B, I haven't I haven't spelled it out in a while. Um, but yeah, it's B R A I J I N underscore CB as the comic books. Um, Brygen is a combination, a portmanteau, if you will, of. Uh, Brian and Gaijin, which is the Japanese word for foreigner. And that's why I chose that name. There you go. So in case you are all wondering why I have such a weird name for my Instagram. <laughs> so, I, I knew the story, but yep. sometimes I wonder why you keep it. Yeah, because it's hard to pronounce. It is hard to pronounce. And I it's... always want to throw a G in there because of the way it sounds. Yeah. Because again, I'm an idiot. You do. I teach children. Me... <laughs> all right. Okay. So uh, on that note, uh, protect marginalized peoples, protect the queer community, protect trans kids. That's all I have to say mm-hmm. for my bit at the end. <laughs> for Richard and for Brian, I'm Carrie, and this has been the okay. I can I okay, really quick. This is a little spoiler for those who have been um listening to the end. So, this is Brian's bit. He gave it to me because sometimes I don't talk a lot, but he wrote it fast the copy so i'm going to read it verbatim (laughs) because he wrote this for me anyone who's ever had me text him knows that i am the worst when it comes to okay so first it goes richard where can we find you period and then it goes brown where can we find you (laughs) for brian and he wrote this for richard and carrie i'm brian and this has been the comics (laughs) better podcast remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics so every time I read this, which is only the second time now, I have to stop because I have to remember I'm not Brian, that I'm Carrie, and the comics I'll be better. It's not a thing. So anyways, I just wanted to share a little peek behind the curtain, if you will. For Richard and for Brian, I'm Carrie, and this has been a Comics Deserve Better podcast. Remember, comics deserve better. Everyone deserves comics, and we all need spell check. Yes, especially right. me. Yes. <laughs> you know- Thank well. you and good night. And I can't write. Night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bye everyone. Bye. Good night. Bye.